Welcome to Illuminate Greatness, the podcast that explores the latest trends in marketing and public relations and highlights the most positively powerful brands and people who are making a difference in our world. And now your host, entrepreneur, marketing and public relations expert, advocate, spiritual explorer, mother, and founder of Olive Creative Strategies, Jennifer Borba von Stauffenberg. Welcome back to Illuminate Greatness. It has been a while. There have been so many things that have gone on in the world. It has been life-changing for so many of us. I know there have been so many changes in our industry and in my business and certainly in my personal life. I used to live in Southern California, and now I live up in Washington and have been managing my business, Olive Creative Strategies, remotely for now over two years. And what I want to talk about today is how has everything that has happened in the last two and a half, three years really changed our industry and how we do what we do, which at Olive Creative Strategies, we are a marketing and public relations firm, and we specialize in media relations, community activations, and corporate social responsibility. Among other things, we have some amazing partners who facilitate social media. We have an incredible designer on our team who facilitates gorgeous rebrands, new brands, and we do a lot of beautiful work there. But today we're specifically going to talk about media relations and how this insane world that we're in has really informed some of these changes. So I want to introduce you to my two guests. I have Larissa Medina here. She is a senior account executive at Olive Creative Strategies. She handles some of our most fun accounts. Actually, I think they're all fun, but she handles Little Italy. She handles one of our newest accounts, which was Third Avenue Village, just recently rebranded to Downtown Chula Vista. She handles Trusted House Sitters, which is an international brand that is really incredible and fun. 10,000 Villages, and I'll let you share the rest, Larissa, but welcome to (laughs) Illuminate Greatness. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you you. do. Thank you for having me. Yeah, like you mentioned, I am one of the senior kind of executives on the team. I also handle PMD Beauty, and I come from a background of entertainment, marketing, and PR, and now I've been focusing more on lifestyle and consumer lifestyle And it's been great. A lot of community activations, a good mix of national and local clients, and I couldn't be happier. Well, that makes me very happy to hear. (laughs) And we also have Matthew Van Court here. He is also a senior account executive at Olive, and he handled a different assortment of clients, but very similar, very art-centric. And um, they include also, I mean, like I said, they're all my favorites, but different group of them. So Arts District at Liberty Station, Redwood City up in the Bay Area in California, Hayward, downtown Hayward in Northern California as well, as well as Oceanside Museum of Art. And I'm probably forgetting a couple, Matthew, but do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah, so on top of the ones that Jen mentioned, you know, I do work with 
Art Walk San Diego, as well as the Society in Mission Valley, the luxury apartment community. And we are also doing Lightscape at the San Diego Botanic Garden for its debut year. And really, like my background was really in like food and beverage side of things, both from an in-house execution standpoint, like I was working in restaurants for over a decade, and then to the PR side of things pre-COVID and kind of coming out of COVID, I kind of found myself really falling into the art side of things. It just really became like such a natural fit working with the personalities of chefs and mixologists to working with the personalities of artists just kind of had a very similar vibe to them. So it became a fun fit. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I think one of the interesting things about working with both Larissa and Matthew is that they had a different background than your traditional PR backgrounds. And I was really blown away when Matthew started that he may have had less years of specific PR experience, but his eight years in restaurant management transferred so well because community relations, people skills, management skills are so transferable to this industry where relationships are paramount. And so I just wanted to add that people who are curious about transitioning industries, I think really, and I'd be curious to hear what you guys think, that the key values that make a successful PR person are somebody who has a tremendous amount of curiosity to continue to grow, who cares a lot about relationships and working with other people, and also wants to just bring joy and awesome experiences into people's lives. I think if you think about how to look at everyone winning all the time, which I think you have to do as a manager in the hospitality industry, you can really excel in this industry. What I want to talk about specifically today is everyone's talking about this everywhere I turn. How have things changed in our industry? And I can speak for myself and saying, you know, as an owner of a marketing and PR agency, I feel like everything has changed. I don't think there was a time in the past where I could have lived in a different state than my company. At least I had a limited perspective of that. I also think what people need is different. And I think that the importance of messaging has become paramount to so many things. I think in the past, people could felt sort of like they could lead through action and their how they ran their business or operated would speak enough. But I think messaging and values have become such a critical part of an organization's success. So I want to start with you, Larissa, if you could just tell me what you think the key things are that have changed the most in our industry. I'd be curious to hear how your experience has been. Yeah, I definitely agree with you with messaging and values, especially as we come out of such an extreme health crisis. Like, how are certain organizations handling that? You know, even throwing events. Are there added steps that are going into making sure everyone is taken care of? Companies coming out and are you doing something to benefit different communities and really investing back into the communities that you're working with. So I definitely think that is a big thing that has changed. I think also for 
my previous experience, you know, I had a lot of experience with local, but not with national. So local, I would definitely say, you know, where you would see contacts all the time in person at different events, things like that, that has shifted a bit to right after the pandemic, where it was more like email based. So maybe it was a little bit more difficult to kind of nurture those relationships. And you had to rely a lot on a lot on social media. And now with studios being back open and inviting guests on air, it's going back to being able to nurture those relationships in person. On the national side, when I started at Olive, it was kind of my first big experience with national. And so, you know, not being able to go to desks or not having gone to desk sites before or, you know, large in-person media events with national media in the past, I don't really have that to kind of go off of. But for my experience starting at Olive, you know, I did rely a lot on social media and like putting names to faces and being able to communicate with them that way. And that was actually a really big way that I started making my first big connections for PMD Beauty, for example. That's why I would see certain media outlets or certain media friendlies getting promotions and getting that, you know, personal relationship. And that's where it really started to grow and build. So yeah, that's that's what I would say are the biggest shifts. And even now, like we're still nurturing social media relationships and all of that. But now as people start going back more into in-person, I think that it's really important for us to continue to nurture those relationships as well. I can speak from the point of view of having done desk sides and countless trips to New York in particular, and also to trade shows that it was really jarring because actually we were planning a media suite in New York right when the pandemic started. And we were debating on whether or not we were going to go to New York, cancel the trip. What were we going to do before everything shut down? And it's really interesting what kind of challenges have come to fruition, like in the past, we would do desk sides and take the product directly to the media contacts and introduce it, show them how it works, bring an expert source to talk to them. And the story happens after. And all of a sudden, we're in this challenge where it's inappropriate to ship product to people's homes because they're not at the office anymore. There isn't a beauty closet where they're going to source content for their stories. And People are obviously having privacy issues and not wanting a bunch of media people to know where they live in the world. So I know from the perspective of managing the agency that we were starting to have these questions of, well, oh my gosh. And if only, you know, I think the statistic, I don't know what it is today, but at, at a point there was only like 25% of the workforce had returned back to New York City. And people had moved all over the country really changes how you're going to get your products in the hands of these influencers, the true before social media influencers, influencers of media. And what were we going to do then? And then also the challenges of if they're working remotely, can you reach them by phone anymore? Are their phones being forwarded to their cell phones? Are they taking calls? Are they still going to get the pitches that we're sending because of a number of different things. Yeah, I agree with that. And even I would say the big majority of people are more are back in office and they're comfortable with, you know, in-person events and things like that. 
but it's definitely now navigating like who is comfortable with it and who is not and making sure that we are being cautious and understanding of everyone and where they stand and being able to navigate all of that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting too how in the past it was kind of appropriate just to send product. And I feel like now there's this additional requirement to get approval from them in advance. Like in the past, you could send cute promotional items and it really became unacceptable to do that during the pandemic. Matthew, can you share what you feel have been some of the biggest differences from pre-pandemic to doing media relations today? Yeah, I mean, I think pre-pandemic, at least for me, was so heavily based in like connectivity with people, both from like a restaurant standpoint, throwing events, experiential things. And that was really the biggest shift going into COVID is really that all went virtual. And I think, honestly, I think virtual will always have a place. I think it, in some ways, really like expands like a brand's reach, being able to offer, you know, a virtual experience to people who are maybe out of state or, you know, maybe with people who have kids and childcare things, and maybe they can't get out, they can still like attend that thing, that event. But it also comes with its own set of challenges because some things are better experienced when you're there and don't have the same experience. I've done, you know, dance performances for studios that like it's an experiential thing and they do have like a virtual component, but it has just a completely different vibe to it. And I think also going into COVID, people were just scared. Like people were scared, brands were scared. No one knew it was going to happen. I mean, it was really nothing that really any of us had dealt with. So I think so much of our jobs really became not only like comforting brands from a business standpoint, but just comforting like them personally and like their personal lives, just making them feel like everything was going to be okay because these were people's livelihoods that were at stake. And it was crushing to see that on like a national and global scale, people really businesses and places that have been around for decades shut doors. And even like from a restaurant standpoint, those people are still struggling from a staffing standpoint coming out of COVID still. So I think from like brand and company standpoint, that was one of the biggest things. I think from like a media standpoint, media just changed so quickly, both from the news cycle standpoint and from the people. People were moving around so much from publication to publication, as well as even just how many more freelancers came out of this, because as editorial teams kind of adjusted to what was going on, you know, pulling their print issues because people didn't want to hold magazines anymore. That was a huge advertising revenue for all of these magazines. So when print publications pulled back, their editorial teams pulled back and it was a time for freelancers and which has been super interesting because you know, you have these great relationships with all these people, editorial teams and freelancers present such a unique opportunity because there's so much greater reach being connected with a freelancer who writes for, you know, six publications. So I think from a media standpoint, that has been the biggest shift I've seen. Absolutely. You touched on so many different points. I think one of the things that popped out to me that you said is that people were really afraid and uncertain. And one of the things for me as a professional in this industry, I was navigating it also myself and navigating it as a business owner. And I had a lot of uncertainty in what I 
perceived could happen, what I thought should happen in certain circumstances. And people were really leaning into us for advice and direction. And yet we also were experiencing this for the first time. I think that is what made this experience so unique and so vulnerable on so many days is that people were calling to us to give them strategic guidance in an area that we had never navigated as well. I'd love to hear from you, Larissa, how that experience felt for you as a public relations practitioner in this industry. How was it for you as, you know, we've talked about COVID, but there were so many different movements that happened. There were, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the election happened and wars and real life crisis all happening and unfolding. Sometimes it felt like day after day. Tell me a little bit about what the experience was like that for you having maybe not ever experienced crisis communications at this level. Yeah, they're definitely heavy topics <laughs> and there were heavy days, but you know, I think the biggest thing and I kind of touched on earlier, I kind of touched on this earlier is the fact that we're so lucky to work with clients that do genuinely care about these topics and they are invested in doing the right thing. So I think that helps us make our job easier. You know, it's one thing when you're working with a brand that maybe doesn't align necessarily with your values. And I think that that's something that, you know, with Olive, we're very big on making sure that our clients align with our values and what's important to us. So it was definitely nerve wracking, but I feel like what I've learned through this entire process is you know, you're doing, if you know, you're doing the right thing, you you know, you're leading with your heart, then you know that that's the best you can do to, you know, guide your clients in that way. And like I mentioned, I mean, they all pretty much feel the same way too. So. So interesting. Even as you're talking, I, I feel like emotions flooding in because it is true that during this last two and a half years, I felt so grateful that we were from the beginning a values-led business that really aligned with clients who shared our values. Now, that doesn't mean that we always have the same political perspective or whatever. It means that we always lead with heartfelt decisions, right. looking at the good for all because I think diversity and inclusion are so important that there are differences and those differences really help life to be colorful and beautiful and exciting. But what I loved so much about working with you and the rest of our team and our clients is that I really saw how good people are. And I really saw how beautiful things can be when we come together and work together. And I saw how passionate people are and I saw people really fight for what they believed in. And I saw them fight for what they've worked so hard for. And so it's almost like in hindsight, forgetting those moments. And as you were talking, it just sort of brought up this, like almost a lump in my throat, thinking about for the first time, I was so grateful for those aspects in, at Olive, where we've really stayed true to who we are as an organization. And aligned with employees that 
align with values and, and our clients. Matthew, what do you think when you look back at some of the challenges that we face through all those different things that happened? You just kind of had to trust your gut to an extent, because again, none of us really knew what we were doing. Like I really hadn't ever had to deal with like crisis communications to a certain extent, but I think we also saw from just a larger industry standpoint, a lot of like publicists really relying on each other and having very like open and open and honest conversations with each other, with media on like Facebook groups and like public forums, like just being honest, like, hey, we don't know what we should do. We don't know what we should say. Should we stop pitching? Is it insensitive? And being able to have like those really open and honest conversations and being able to just admit like, I don't know, I think is just as powerful And it really shifted like the narrative and it shifted the types of relationships that people were having with each other and really like respecting each other and being able to learn because maybe you're not the one who's going to be brave enough to say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but someone else is. And because they were, you were able to learn from them in that way. And maybe it's someone who's across the country that you never would have talked to, but because they just put themselves out there to say that they weren't sure what the right move was you saw very like grand, big conversations happening about super important topics and also learning more about certain media people that, you know, you didn't know, you didn't know like some of their values. You didn't know even like some of their religions really, just because that's things that were never spoken about through their work and maybe even sometimes on their social media channels, but you learn so much about them on a deeper level and you know, I was super appreciative to have media do a lot of like open, ongoing conversations and a lot of Q&A sessions that really helped a lot of us navigate what the right thing to do was. I think you bring up something that was really important. An important piece for me was just that vulnerability of saying, hey, I don't know. I can remember so many days where you both would call me and say, Jen, oh my God, this just happened what do I do? And I would say, I don't know. Who can we call? Who can we have a discussion with to try and navigate this uncharted territory? And you're absolutely right. So often I would call who I would consider really close contacts to have really vulnerable conversations with so that we could glean this collective decision and really work together on solutions. And exactly what you said about calling media and saying, are you receiving pitches? Should we still be holding? How much longer should we hold? What is essential? What is not essential? What should we not say? What is okay to say? There were so many questions that came up and I feel like that's something I'm so proud of is how we all worked together. And I know sometimes our industry can seem really competitive, but I felt like we all linked together. And I know I started discussions with different agency owners to ask them questions, even just challenges of hiring team members during this time and challenges that came up or really needing to rethink the tools that we were using to determine if they still were applicable and just being really vulnerable about this. I mean, nobody had experienced all these things all at once the way that we have. And I feel really proud of our team because I feel like we became closer during it, even though we were remote. And that's a really interesting experience. What do you think the biggest lesson is? And we can start with you this time, Matthew. What is the biggest lesson 
that you have learned from this experience that you're going to take with you to inform decisions you make going forward? I think one of the biggest ones is kind of what I touched on is to just be vulnerable about like not knowing if I'm not sure about something as well as being able to respect different viewpoints as well, knowing that I might feel a certain way about something and feel like my client should do a certain thing. But if they don't and you can't force that on them, because if you do, it's going to come across as like inauthentic at the end of the day. I can't just have one of my clients say something and then not do anything about it. People are so much, for lack of better words, I feel like everyone's like so much smarter now than, you know, or paying attention more now than they used to on things. And they're not just looking for what brands are saying, but what brands are doing. And I feel like that is such like a crucial thing before one of my clients is like, hey, I think we need to make a statement on this. It's like, cool, what are you going to do about it? You don't get to just say, you know, we support this, we support that, but then not actually do anything about it because it's like the old saying where like actions speak louder than words. And it's so true in the space that, you know, you can't just say something, you have to actually, you got to back it up with some action in any shape or form. It's not a grand gesture, but can be whatever is in their capability to do. Definitely. What about you, Larissa? I completely agree with what Matthew's saying. I think also another thing that I learned early on, I would say with the crisis communication <laughs> is learning to separate your, which kind of goes into what Matthew was saying, but really learning to separate yourself from the overall situation between like media and client. Like at the end of the day, you're just there to deliver a message and Sometimes it's very tense situations and, you know, not to take anything personally, it's you're just doing your job at the end of the day. So I think that is something that I learned pretty early on that it's important to always remember because we all have tough days. Yeah. It's hard to separate yourself sometimes when you're so passionate also, I think, about what your clients do. Yes. I know that is a thing for me and something that we talk about as a team, right? That I know you're passionate and I know you care so much, but at a point you need to take a step back and acknowledge what your true role is. And our job is to facilitate a campaign around messaging. And it is possible to sometimes disagree. And I think that will always be one of my biggest challenges is knowing that sometimes I am the messenger and the message might not always be coming straight from my own heart. Though I do think that's why aligning with clients who share your values is such a critical thing to do from the front end of any relationship. And, you know, for people who are listening, who are looking for an agency, I think that it is really important during the interview process to ask those values questions to make sure that when you hire a team, that you're hiring a team who could be standing with you in a crisis. I used to say all the time that I don't take on crisis communications clients, as in I'm not going to really be the right agency for somebody who calls to handle a crisis situation, but I'll always stand side by side with my client when they experience a crisis. And part of that, I think, is just self-love because I don't want to throw myself into controversy all the time because crisis communications is hard 
And I think it really takes a specific person who is just so good at facing that, separating themselves from the issue. But as an agency, because it, especially in the last year, I mean, prior to the last couple of years, we didn't have to deal with that much crisis because so much of what we do at Olive is about fun and joy and community activation and connection and introducing people to things and places that bring them additional joy and really using PR as an educational tool to build awareness of happiness and access to things that will help them with health and it was really kind of light. And so for me, it has been such an exercise in really flexing some muscles on a skill set that I had not had to experience much of. And now I really do feel like an expert (laughs) in it. Do you guys have any thoughts or just anything that you want to share about the last couple of years and maybe some hopes and aspirations for the future of our industry. What do you, what do you think is going to happen next? Maybe Matthew, do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, I think really moving forward for everyone, like not to be like such a cliche of things, but it's like, I think we all just really need to be a little kinder to each other and I think we've really seen such a divide in groups of people, minority groups to, you know, women's rights, LGBTQ rights. And I think it's a time where we really need everyone to support each other instead of finding ways to tear each other down. Maybe more compassion and listening. Yeah, just more compassion and just more love for each other because... I don't know. Like, I feel like COVID over the last couple of years definitely brought out some unattractive qualities in some people. And (laughs) sometimes it brought out unattractive qualities in ourselves that we really had to face when certain things weren't available for us anymore. You know, when we couldn't, like, I couldn't see my parents for a large chunk of time and I would see them every day. And so it's like coping with that people who live alone that couldn't go out and hang out with friends. There are certain things that a lot of people had to face both on their own and relationships when you're having to quarantine with certain people. So I feel like it really brought out a lot of, a lot of traits and qualities in people that there's things that we really had to face with other people and within ourselves. And I think it's important that we face those as well because someone once said, how are you going to love somebody else if you can't love yourself? So. (laughs) Totally. Man, that was really well said. I think it's true. Like one of the things that I look at professionally is how can I just have more compassion for people to understand where they're coming from and what they're facing to help them navigate forward and, or just to hold space when somebody is going through things. I think we all had more than our share of challenges. And in some cases, just really facing our fears. It's been so interesting to watch how each person navigates differently. But what about you, Larissa? What do you feel about what's next? What's I also agree with Matthew, especially as I feel like things just keep popping up. It's not just about COVID anymore. (laughs) It's about a bunch of different things. So 
I think definitely having compassion for one another and really caring about, you know, taking care of ourselves, but taking care of our community too. A little bit on the different side is I'm really excited to see different types of creativity pop up. Like there's, a, I, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but I know there's a statistic about how during the last recession, a very big number of small businesses popped up because they started solving different solutions that were, or different problems that were coming up during that. So I'm excited to see, and you know, you see it pop up every day, like new visions for certain things are really exciting, creative ideas and campaigns coming up. So I'm excited to see how everyone takes, you know, what we've been going through and kind of turns that into a creative fuel to better ourselves, the community we surround ourselves with and that we live in and just make it a way to benefit everybody. I love that. You know, Olive was born out of 2008 when there was like the, what even happened? I don't even remember the real estate bust or something. And we started to experience a recession. And one of my thoughts was, I want to start this agency because I can offer top level services at an affordable rate for businesses and make these services accessible. So I agree with you. I think that's a really optimistic perspective. And I want to thank both of you for your time today. I wanted to have this conversation, but I didn't think about how much I would feel listening to some of your answers, just reflecting on what we've all experienced together. And I just feel so grateful that we had each other during this time. And I'm excited also about the future. I look back at what we've experienced and I feel like we've grown so much personally and professionally. And I think one of the things that's going to come from this is a real deep appreciation for connection and community. I think that because we have been just entrenched in virtual that there's going to be this real like tactile experience that people want to have where they want to go out and be in the presence of other people. Even for me coming back down to San Diego and spending the last few weeks, the first two weeks, I actually lost my voice because I hadn't used my vocal muscles to the extent of connecting with people and actually being in physical presence because you end a Zoom call and then you go back to doing whatever you're doing. And now that I live in the forest, that usually meant like picking weeds or playing outside, which is not much talking. And just, it blew me away that even in that simple way I had changed. And I, for one, because community activations are such an important part and finding ways to instill joy in people's lives through the work that we do, I feel inspired that people are going to appreciate and value community and connection at a level that we've never, I know I do. I'll never take for granted a hug. For example, when I see people, I always say, are we doing hugs? And then it's like a long, awkward hug because I'm just so happy to be with people that I love and care about. And I was always a hugger, but never really, I guess, appreciated the importance of just being in in the physical presence of others. So 
I hope that for anybody listening, we'd love to hear from you any questions that you have that we can discuss going forward as we continue Illuminate Greatness. We're going to continue to have the conversations to illuminate the great people that are in our circles, but I'm also going to engage with my team to talk about different things like what's going on, how has digital marketing changed? We can talk about so many different things. How do you secure coverage now? How often should you be doing follow-up calls? Or are you using certain tools? Are you not? What actually results in the best traction? And at all of we talk about the results of the results. So yeah, the media coverage is awesome, but what result are you trying to achieve? And just really diving in. So I want to thank both of you for joining me today for this discussion. And I look forward to many more chats with you um, on this topic. So thanks again. Thank <laughs> My pleasure. All right. Well, until next time, I hope that you are out there doing great things and will continue to illuminate greatness. Interested in receiving free marketing and public relations resources? Visit IlluminateGreatness.com and subscribe to our newsletter to receive valuable weekly content that will inspire you and help you grow your business. That's IlluminateGreatness.com. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Greatness podcast brought to you by Olive Creative Strategies.